Welcome to the New Faces of Democracy podcast, the show featuring inspiring conversation with people at the grassroots and the grass tops, doing extraordinary things to stand up for our democracy. I'm your host, Nancy Bynum. This podcast celebrates people who are transforming our political landscape by organizing, running for office, or generally striving to make our democracy live up to its promise of a more perfect union. I hope their stories will inspire you to learn more about them or to take action on your own. Head over to newfacesofdemocracy.org for easy links to subscribe, follow on social media, and to get more inspiration. And now for something completely different with this episode on plant-based eating. This is the second in a two-part environmental series on thinking globally and acting locally. In the last episode, I spoke with Daniel Katz of the Rainforest Alliance about the global effect of rainforest destruction on climate change, and that the main cause for this destruction is cattle raising. But it's not just cattle and rainforests that are the problem. Worldwide, animal agriculture accounts for 18% of greenhouse gas emissions. That's right, 18%. That's more than the entire transportation sector combined, which clocks in at 13%. This all means that eating a plant-based diet has more of an impact on climate than driving an electric car. So in this episode, we're going to focus on acting locally, and I mean hyper-locally, because the most powerful personal action you can take to fight climate change is changing your diet. Our guides for this exploration of plant-based eating are friends and veteran vegans, artist Gail Kabaker and Suzette Moyer, design director at the Philadelphia Inquirer. All three of us are at different stages of our plant-based journeys. Gail has been a vegan for eight years, Suzette for two, and I'm the newcomer, dipping my toe in the water since a recent diagnosis of high cholesterol. In this preach-free zone, Gail, Suzette, and I talk about tips, tricks, hacks, and recipes, the vegan glow, and demystifying weird-sounding ingredients. And if Gail's name sounds familiar, it's because she was on one of my favorite earlier episodes of the podcast, speaking about her work at Vital Voices to raise up women leaders around the world. So if you want to lose weight, if you want to improve your overall health, if you're just curious, or if you want to change your diet to save the planet, then this episode is for you. And be sure to check out the website at newfacesofdemocracy.org for additional recipes and resources. And now here's my conversation with Gail and Suzette. Gail Kabaker and Suzette Moyer, welcome to New Faces of Democracy. Or in your case, Gail, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to be here. So let's dive right in. Gail, you are our seasoned pro. So we'll start with you. When did you become a plant-based eater and what motivated you to do that? Well, it was about almost eight years ago, eight years ago this spring. And I was going to a yoga spin studio that was run by a woman named Ellen Abraham. And she's like this fitness diva. And I had gained, so I'm 62 When I turned 50, I kind of slowly started putting on a few pounds a year. And I had 10 extra pounds that I wasn't happy about. And I approached her with this idea of helping me lose the 10 pounds. And I'd document it and I'd pitch it to magazines and do an illustrated story thing about it. And she said, great, yeah, let's do it. So we met to talk about how we were going to do it. And she said, well, the first thing that I think you should do is my 28-day vegan program. She's been vegan forever. And I was not even vegetarian. I was always a super, super healthy, earthy, crunchy health nut, but I seriously wasn't even vegetarian. So I said, okay. And 
She's a little intimidating. She's a very like big personality. And I remember coming to our first meeting, she invited a bunch of other people to join. And it became like this group, a Facebook group with daily emails and support and all this stuff. And I remember coming to our first meeting, planning to negotiate for eggs and fish, because I didn't think I could go without that for 28 days. And I didn't even open my mouth. I was like, okay, I'm just going to go with the program. And part of the program was each week we were assigned a movie to watch. And I don't remember what the first week was, but the second week was Forks Over Knives. And I watched that movie and it was like, it changed my life. Like all of a sudden, I just went, I'm done. Like I can't unknow what I know now. And both my parents died really young of cancer. My mom was 48 and my dad was 57. And when I really understood what felt right to me, like I believed the science and the information behind the connection between cancer and dairy and meat, it just resonated with me. I just went, I'm done. Like there's no more discussion. And it was pretty life-changing because it was a big deal. And none of my family was interested. Luckily the kids were out of the house, so I didn't have to deal with cooking for them. I told my husband, I'm not cooking meat anymore. This is my plan. He said, I will never be vegan. He happily ate my food, but that was his thing that he he said, I'll never be vegan, which changed five years later. But anyway, so within a month, I looked like a different person. It's like there's a puffiness that goes along (laughs) with people who eat meat and dairy that literally disappears when you stop eating it. And it's an unhealthy puffiness that only, I honestly, I swear to God, only vegans recognize it. Other people just don't even see it. But people started commenting on how great I looked. And my initial reason, the whole 10 pounds thing became really unimportant. It was like I kind of stopped caring about it. And I didn't get on the whole planet and animal, how good it is for the animals and the planet That kicked in about two months in. That honestly wasn't my initial reason. My initial reason was total vanity. And then once I realized what a good thing I was doing, I really liked that. And so that made me, it really empowered me and really made me feel like I was doing something really important. And there's no turning back after that. So that's my little story in a nutshell. Well, Suzette, you are... Also, I guess a pretty seasoned plant-based eater by now, but tell us your story. You're newer, not as new as me. (laughs) So I met Gail about three years ago for an assignment when I was working at the Washington Post, and we had conversed back and forth. She had an exhibit for Vital Voices that was going up at the Kennedy Center right after maybe about a month or so after COVID kind of hit the country. And I met her at the exhibit, which actually never got to the public. So I met her at the exhibit, and because she's vegan, she said, I'd love to take you to dinner. Let's go to a vegan restaurant. So we went to a vegan restaurant. At that point, a lot of the streets were empty, and it started to look like the apocalypse. But we got into the vegan restaurant, and she started telling me her story on how she had gone vegan. And I was ready to try anything as far as just what food for the night. 
And so the more that we talked about it, the more that she was a little bit convincing. My husband had passed away in 2013. And from 2014 until about 2020, I had gained about 50 pounds. And at that point, I had tried diets here and there. And so this wasn't a diet, it was a way of eating. So that night, she said, why don't you try it for a week or try it for a month? Just cut out meat and dairy. And the very next day, I did that. I threw away things that were in my house or I gave them away. And I really never looked back, which is very unusual for me going cold turkey on anything and also very unusual for me to stick with something. But probably within a month or two, I had lost almost 10 pounds. I had noticed difference in my skin and I just felt much healthier and I didn't miss. I didn't miss dairy. I didn't eat meat. I didn't miss chicken. And suddenly you're starting to find substitutes for things that are just as tasteful and healthy. So that was, it'll be two years in March, I think. And I have never regretted the decision. And I'm probably not ever going to be the one that cooks all these glamorous vegan meals, but enough that I cook at home a lot and I've noticed the difference. So in total, I've lost probably between 35 and 38 pounds and I do have more to go, um, but also just feeling a little bit healthier. And I think I had mentioned to you, Nancy, I have multiple sclerosis and I take a shot every single day and I've had it for about probably over 10 years. It's called relapsing, remitting multiple sclerosis. It's not a very serious kind, but what I had was always little tingles that were in my neck or little tingles that were in my left arm. And one day, maybe two or three months into the vegan diet, I was moving my head around and realized that I wasn't feeling that anymore. Was it related to different kinds of eating? I didn't know. I had gone to my neurologist a couple months later and I asked him and he said, there's no proven research from that, but it is recommended and it certainly isn't hurting. So I definitely think that that might have contributed a little bit to some of my nerve endings not feeling the way that they used to. Yeah, that's remarkable. I mean, even to just lose 38 pounds, let alone have these symptoms sort of abate, must have felt really good. It did. It did. Thank you, Gail. <laughs> Are baked goods completely off the table? I mean, what do you do when you can't use butter, oil, or eggs? Or do you guys just not even eat them anymore? I've found tons of substitutes. Like if you just type in vegan egg substitutes in a Google search, stuff comes up. There's egg replacer powder that you can get. There's flax seeds that you can mix with water and that substitutes for eggs. You can use like the liquid that comes in chickpea, in a can of chickpeas, aquafaba. Oh my God, you can do like so much stuff with aquafaba. It's like magic. You just literally, if you type aquafaba into a Google search, it's like, it'll blow your mind. There's so much stuff out there. So I've gotten really creative with that. And if I do bake, I only use maple syrup or coconut sugar. So I really try not to use any refined sugars. I mean, honestly, Two years ago, I also cut oil out because the no oil thing is like a whole world into itself where if you have type 2 diabetes or heart disease, 
there's a whole philosophy around no oil, which completely resonated to me. And since my husband has both these conditions, I started cooking with no oil. And if you think being vegan is hard, try being vegan with no oil. Like, honestly, it makes being vegan like a walk in the park (laughs) compared to trying to cook oil-free. So Suzette, since you're the more recent convert, I'm going to ask you this question because I've noticed that a lot of people go, oh, well, um, plant-based eating is too expensive. Have you noticed your grocery bill going up since you transitioned over to plant-based eating? I wouldn't say it's gone up by any means. I mean, I definitely buy way more fruits and vegetables and I go to the store probably more often than I used to because you end up eating this fruit and three days later you're at the grocery store or you're at a farmer's market. I would say that by cutting out meat, especially, and eggs, it certainly hasn't gone up. Meat is expensive and good cuts of meat are very expensive. Fish is expensive. Shrimp is expensive. So by cutting that out, I think that the bill has probably gone either down or about the same. I find that I'm at the store more, though, because you're buying that those fresh things. Yes. I think that that argument is pretty lame, personally, because you're substituting things like, yes, you're buying more fruits and vegetables, but you're also substituting like beans and grains and legumes for steak. Lentils are cheap. (laughs) Steak is expensive. Plus, I mean, just to get into the environmental stuff, there's tremendous government subsidies for the meat industry. And they say that if you were to like pay the full price, the actual price it costs to raise this meat, ground beef would be like $30 a pound. So you're either paying it now or or we're paying it through our taxes or we're paying it later with our health. But the expense part doesn't really resonate with me. Okay, so we talked about some challenges. We talked about transitioning to plant-based. And now I want to talk about some fun stuff. So Gail, what are some easy tips you would give somebody to get started? Well, like Suzette, which she did right away, which totally shocked me, is she got rid of everything in her kitchen. I think it was like two days after we had dinner, she texted me, okay, I've thrown everything out in my kitchen. Like I was totally shocked. That really, really, really helps is to get rid of everything you don't want to eat. Everything. For me, if it's there, it's just more tempting. I use a lot of raw cashews. Like that's something that I've discovered makes everything. Like if I'll make pasta with tomatoes and veggies and stuff, if I make a little bit of fresh cashew milk and pour that into the pasta sauce, all of a sudden it's like a cheesy Alfredo sauce. And I never used to use nutritional yeast either. And nutritional yeast is a total staple now. So those two things are big. Wait, tell people nutritional yeast was this like mystery thing to me before I started going down this path. Tell people like, what is the deal? Well, it's really high. It has protein. It has vitamins. It's like this kind of wonder food. And what does it taste like? It's got a cheesy flavor. But I'll also do things like, I'll put walnuts and nutritional yeast and maybe some other, you know, some salt and a few other spices in a food processor and blend it just enough to blend it, not to turn it into into walnut butter, but just to turn it into like something that you can sprinkle on stuff. And that's like vegan Parmesan. 
delicious and so easy. And there's so many things like this that are just make things taste good and they're so easy. And I'm always on the lookout for easy recipes. If something has more than five ingredients, it's going to lose me because I'm not a chef and I don't like complicated recipes and I like to make meals quickly. I'm not a like, ooh, let's cook all day person. I'm like, how fast can I make a delicious meal person? For the most part, we eat a lot of pasta, like rice pasta. Jovial Foods is my favorite. And sometimes I'll just order it in a box, all different kinds. And we eat a lot of rice and quinoa and salads and potatoes and sweet potatoes and tons of greens. As soon as COVID hit, we put in a garden and I've never had so many dark greens in my life. And that's another thing for if you have diabetes or heart disease, they want you to have greens like two or three times a day. So I really try to eat a lot of greens and smoothies. And I mean, I'm amazed that intelligent people actually say to me, well, what can you eat? I'm like, I want to send them a picture. There's photos. Like if you type vegan refrigerator into Google, you'll get these gorgeous photos filled. And I want to send it to them. I'm like, that is the most ridiculous question you could ask because there is so much to eat. But people, sorry, I'm getting on a high horse here. People are so judgmental. And that's honestly something I've really learned to, to walk away from and stay away from. Because a lot of times at dinner parties, when someone finds out you're vegan, they immediately start trying to justify why they ate meat. And I just basically walk away now because there's no place to go in those conversations. They're very attached to what they think. And I don't want to get into arguments. And, you know, I just want to say that when Suzette and I first had that first conversation, it was because she asked me. She asked me, what made you go vegan? I did not try to tell her why I was vegan. I try to never talk about it unless I'm asked. But that took me a few years. Like, I was definitely on a high horse when I first started. And that's why I like saying also this whole vegan thing is very polarizing. Just the word. That's why I like saying plant-based eating, because you can be 100%, you can be 75%, you can be working your way towards, you know, it's, it allows there to be a spectrum. So I like to be more inclusive and welcoming with all that. I would say one thing Gail did not mention, and that's beans. And I was not a bean eater that much. I ate black beans. That's about it. And I would say that my pantry is full of beans now. And I don't buy my own beans and rinse them and things like that. I do buy canned beans and rinse them from there. But there's so much stuff you can make with beans, soup, and put them on salads and mash them up. And I make a chickpea, I guess, in quotes, egg salad that is just absolutely delicious. I eat way more beans than I ever used to in my life. So for me, it's beans and seasonings. Yeah. And of course, beans are a nutritional powerhouse. So it's great. Okay. So Suzette, I guess beans are always in your pantry. What else is now in your pantry that after you threw everything out, what's there now? Just a couple of things. Definitely beans. Definitely. I do keep a lot of different kinds of nuts and I do keep frozen fruit in my freezer for smoothies in case I don't have anything that's fresh. 
and different kinds of spices that I buy now that you can really season anything on and rice, pasta, some granola or I'll make granola and yeah, just way more beans, way more beans than I'll ever probably use. Okay, so I wanted to talk about ingredients. We already touched on a few of them, though. Are there a few ingredients that might weird people out? But now it has, I mean, at least for me, is becoming a more regular part of my repertoire. One of them you mentioned, Gail, aquafaba, which is like a really lovely word for that viscous liquid (laughs) in your chickpea can. (laughs) And you said you use that for baking. Is that right? Yeah, you got to try making an aquafaba chocolate mousse. It's really, really good. And there's tons of recipes out there for it. I think maybe probably one that people aren't familiar with is tempeh. And that's how you say it. It's spelled different than it sounds. So tempeh, I kind of go back and forth. Tofu, tempeh are my, what I go back and forth if I want to have a protein. And if you don't have an air fryer, like, okay, the two things that I think all to eat plant-based, you got to have a Vitamix and you got to have an air fryer. I use both of mine pretty much every day. And air fryer is amazing if you're trying, not even if you're trying to not have oil, it's still great for cooking things just fast, easy, tasty way. Yeah, I agree. I got an air fryer recently and I've been experimenting with it and it's a lot of fun. Oh my God. The things you can do with that. It's so, I mean like tofu. Okay, wait. I know I'm going a little off track here, but I just want to tell you a really great tofu. So tofu, if you press it to get the water out by just like putting a a plate and like, I'll put like a pot of water on top of it just to press the water out. Tofu holds taste better when it's pressed. And so you get the water out and then I cut it up and then I toss it like shake and bake with like breadcrumbs and nutritional yeast and salt and then throw it in the air fryer in five minutes. It's crispy and delicious. So good. Great. What about you, Suzette? Are there any either favorite appliance type things that you use all the time that Gail didn't mention or any weird ingredients that you use? Well, she mentioned the Vitamixer. I just have a regular small kind of blender that I make a lot of smoothies in. And I think that's also a really good way to, I'll make a peanut butter, oat milk or almond milk smoothie with some flaxseed and I'll throw like half a cup or a little bit more of spinach in there. You never taste it. And then you're just getting some of those greens in there, which is great. I would say I use tahini a lot for not just making hummus, but I'll use that a little bit as a spread. And I've noticed that that's good on if I have something that just is like a piece of toast, I'll put some of that on. Or if I do end up having a veggie burger, I'll kind of like put that on as well. I'm probably a lot less adventurous and I'm very afraid of cooking tofu myself. I will order it always and I will eat it always, but I haven't had any success. You need a tofu cooking lesson. Yes. Okay. I'm just, I'm scared of it, but I love eating it. It's actually easy. I mean, I've cooked a lot of tofu recently. It's very versatile. It kind of takes on whatever you want it to take on. I haven't mastered the tofu air frying yet, but I'm working on it. So 
both of you, maybe you, if you have a favorite hack, you've kind of given me some along the way, but any favorite shortcuts or resources that you use that you would suggest to people? I mean, I get a lot of recipes online. There's so much out there that you can Google nowadays if you're looking for something specific. I will go to the Forks Over Knives app, which is like $4.99 on iTunes or whatever it is. And you can pretty much look up ingredients and see what you can get over there. I have a few cookbooks. One was called Thug Kitchen, and I had gotten it from my son, actually, and has a lot of swear words in it, but has some tremendous recipes. They did actually just change their name to Bad Manners, and so it's badmanners.com. And they have a website, they have a third cookbook out, and they also have a lot of recipes. They have a podcast, they have a newsletter. And for baking, there's a website called The Baking Fairy. And she used to just have a lot of regular recipes on her website. And then she started to do more plant-based recipes. And so she has a lot of recipes on there. And I'm like Gail, that I don't want something that has... 20 ingredients. I want something that's pretty simple. And a lot of those places have pretty simple or they'll have substitutes for it, which is always good if you don't have it in your pantry. Great. That's really helpful. So I've asked both of you to share a favorite recipe. Have you guys had a chance to do that? You don't have to tell me anything now. I'm going to put it on the website, but just in general, if you know what that recipe is going to be, so people know to look at the website to find it. Suzette, what's yours? You're nodding. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to send you that flauta recipe because it's super easy and you can make it and you could put it some in the freezer and then heat it up. And it is just my absolute favorite. Great. What about you, Gail? Any ideas? Oh, gosh. I'll send my favorite chocolate chip cookie recipe. That's what I'll send. So the last thing I would love you guys to do is each of you just give me three things you want listeners to take away from this discussion if they are thinking of going plant-based. I did write some answers down. Thank you, Suzanne. And (laughs) I would say that I'm like, Gail, I'm not going to preach to somebody. If they ask me about it, I will tell them. I will always find something to eat at a party or a restaurant. There's a lot of options out there. But if somebody did ask me, I would definitely tell them my story as far as just feeling healthier and having much less aches and pains. I think that that changed a little bit during the months as well. Just as you get older, you're just, you wake up and you're kind of achy. And while that still happens, I would say I definitely feel less achy, have a little bit more energy. I would say that You get kind of, maybe it's in my imagination, but I feel like there's a little bit of a glow with people maybe who eat more fruits and vegetables, maybe more water or something. Does it have anything to do with less meat? I don't know, but I do feel like my skin is better. And again, maybe from drinking water, something. And then the last thing is I recycle and I try to make things happen to make the world a little bit better. But I feel like by being vegan, you're just, I'm doing this really tiny thing to help the world. And there's not a whole lot else that I can do. But if my eating habits make me feel better mentally and physically, and I'm helping a little bit about like save the planet, then 
that's what I would tell somebody like, this is the small part that you can take. Yeah, actually, a team from the University of Oxford reported in 2018 that a vegan diet is the single biggest way to reduce one's impact on the planet, far larger than cutting down on flights or buying an electric car. So there you go. It's not so small. Gail, what about you? What are your takeaways? Yeah, they're kind of the same for me. It's like, I feel very powerless a lot of the times when what's going on in the world, like, what can I do? And I do feel like by being vegan, that's my small way of making a difference. And the health thing also, just there's no question about it, that there's less joint pain. There's so many benefits of cutting out meat and dairy and just feeling better and more energy. I guess the third thing that I would want people to come away with is to not be afraid to just try it. I mean, I'm kind of an all or nothing person, so doing it one day a week would never have worked for me. But for some people, that's the best way to dip their toe in. And I'm trying to be more understanding of people like that instead of being like, oh, come on, just go for it. You can do it. I'm trying to be more understanding. And Jessica Seinfeld, Jerry Seinfeld's wife, is a big cook. And she has a book, a cookbook just came out called Vegan at Times. And I had a little attitude about it. I'm like, oh, God, just go vegan for God's sakes. It's not that hard. But I realized that's not for everybody. So that's actually not a bad cookbook to start out with. She's very, very accessible. I wish that she didn't use refined sugar in all her baking. (laughs) Baby steps. (laughs) Yeah, baby steps. So I think it's that just trying it and not being afraid to just try it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Well, I think that wraps it up for us. Gail and Suzette, thank you so much for joining me today and helping to make plant-based eating more accessible and easy for people to start. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It was fun. Thank you for listening. New Faces of Democracy is created and produced by me, Nancy Bynum. And in addition to being the host, I'm also the CEO, the CFO, and the administrative assistant. If you enjoyed this episode, please help New Faces of Democracy grow by subscribing on whatever app you use to listen to podcasts. You can also leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're looking for more inspiration, check out my other profiles at newfacesofdemocracy.org and follow New Faces of Democracy on Instagram and Facebook. Facebook.